Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed boost pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, you guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. Mahala Ballas. What's cracking? How you doing? What's the skiggity skis? Uh, DJ Chris and uh, and Drew in the virtual studio today. Uh, we are by our lonesome. Drew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, yeah, we are going to be Sans guest tonight. Unfortunately, the guest that we had lined up had a family emergency, and we are going to get him back in here. But I do want to point out at one point he was like. He was like, I made a commitment and I am going to be on the podcast. And I just was like, no, you are not. You are not going to be on the podcast. Tonight. You are going to handle your business with your family and go from there. So it's adorable uh, that people think that we're that important or something. I think it's, you know, th- there's so many little reminders to me that like people do listen. Like when we didn't have an episode last week and people like brought it up to me or, uh, we get the random messages from Justin at Kohana of being like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe you said this or or that. or, um, And it's always awesome because it's just one of those things that sometimes you do feel like you're screaming into the void. And, you know, this is something that obviously doesn't pay any bills for us at all. In fact, it's just only cost us money. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's going to be like, Oh, there are some people listening and we do have a lot of fun with this. And there's some really good conversations that have been had, um, you know, over the three, four years that we've been doing this, which is just mental. Right. Yeah. The fact that you still put up with listening to me every week is pretty surprising. Yeah. I think it is kind of nice to have a, I mean, we talk all the time regardless, but it's, it is nice to kind of be like, Hey, we have a committed, uh, conversation that we're going to happen. And sometimes like there's a lot of things that we table with each other where it's like, well, I'm going to talk to you tonight. So I'll just, you know, let's, we'll talk to you later about it. Um, and so I think with, so what I was earlier when we found out that our guest wasn't going to be able to make it, I was, like, I was like, okay, well we have our stories and we can do the format or, you know, maybe what we can do is, you know, we're over 120 episodes into this nonsense and we picked up a lot of new people and we're like meeting people when we go out and we do events and things like that. And so we're thinking like, hey, what if we did something that was kind of fun where we just ask each other questions that are industry related, but also kind of get to know know the host a little bit more, right? So it's going to be get to know Chris, get to know Drew, and maybe either like us more or completely write us off after this. I don't know. We're going to find out uh, how, how that goes. And I don't know how long this conversation is going to go. So you might hear this and be like, Oh my God, these guys talked about themselves for an hour and a half. I totally get if you, if you check out now, it could be 27 minutes, who knows? But, um, (laughs) but Chris has some questions. I have some questions. We're going to try to keep them industry related. And then, Oh, I've got questions. Yeah. And then we also want to try to drop in some industry lingo as well. Explain. Cause sometimes I feel like that we do get a little bit into the weeds and we get a little bit of insider baseball where we're not always explaining exactly what we're talking about. Some of my questions are going to be exploring that and getting um, some deeper explanation, like, you know, this and that and the other, which, which will, which will cover when the questions start. So, um, but before then, Chris, are you drinking anything right now? I am. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm I'm still on the wagon, um, but to, I'm drinking one of my favorite teas of all time. Um, my my 
favorite tea. I, I try not to drink it so often, so I get like burnt out on it. I, I leave it for when it's special and, and I get to enjoy it. Uh, but it's a it's a smoked black tea called uh, from from China called Lapsang Suchong. Um, and what'd you call me? Uh, Lapsang Suchong. Oh, there we go. And Sorry, it's fantastic. It. And I'm drinking it out of a a French press because it's a multi-functional tool. And I'm tired of people telling me that it's not. That's amazing. Who tells you that the French press isn't a multifunctional tool? Uh, the voices in my head. Ah, uh, yeah. They can become cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Understandable. What about you? What are you, you drinking? Well, um, I actually have a cold right now. And so I am drinking a water with Alka-Seltzer in it. Ooh, the, bubbly. Yeah, it is bubbly. It's like the only cold medicine I actually enjoy drinking. And it, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, we went on, we we're on such a hot streak for so long, like no colds, no summer colds or anything like that. And then last week, my daughter started to sniffle a little bit. And it was so funny because like she's got the sniffles, like the, the boogers are running out. And we're like, oh, man, we can't send you to school. And to which my daughter starts to dance around being like, why? I feel fine. And she just like, <laughs> you know, is just going nuts. Um, but we didn't want to be those parents because obviously those parents exist at my daughter's school oh, because they, they exist at every kid. school. They're yeah. the worst. And, Don't be those um, parents. No, I can't do it. So, um, so yeah, so she has been locked up in a house with us for four days. Cause then, so then me and Caitlin got it later. Um, Caitlin got it a lot worse than I did, which is typically the case, but I think I might, it might hit me harder tomorrow. So uh, we, we, uh, kept Carmela home from daycare today for the same reason. We're pretty sure she has a cold. So God's kind of bummer, to man. Sir. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it. it's all right. We had a we had a lovely day, and she wasn't you know she wasn't really running a fever. She was just it was just mostly sniffles and sneezes, and yeah. uh, and we're pretty sure that it wasn't you know that it wasn't seasonal allergies. So uh, we we just made the we well, we pulled the pulled the trigger, made the choice. I had the day off anyway, so I got to spend a day with her, which was great. It is nice. So that tells you the first things. Both of us are dads. Both of us are responsible dads. And ish ish, you know, and then the dad thing plays in a lot into this podcast, a little bit behind the scenes. Like, you know, it's it's really hard to coordinate with people um, when we're going to do this, especially the fact that both Chris and I have multiple jobs and are running multiple businesses for ourselves. Um, And Chris just opened up like the most demanding business, in my opinion, with a restaurant. So we usually do these these recordings at nine o'clock at night, which we call like the friendly dad or the friendly parent hour, you know, just because like, hopefully your kid has fallen asleep by then. And if they haven't, you're just kind of like, fuck it, whatever. Like, it's just like what a lost cause this effort is. If they're not asleep by nine o'clock, then there's really nothing to do. Um, It doesn't necessarily jive as much with our East coast uh, guest. So we definitely have to make some concessions there. And they're they're As you guys have listened to over the seasons, like there's sometimes where we're recording at nine in the morning. Um, you know, hopefully get the kid out to school in time for us to come back. So that's a little bit not to complain, but that's one of the things that it, it's just been surprisingly challenging for me. It's like, oh my God, how are we going to schedule all these people from around? And then Chris just will send me a suggestion. It's like, hey, you should have this person on and he'll be friends with that person and he will not help me get them. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, thanks. But to be fair, he does all the producing. So I guess that's where... <laughs> 
that's where we where we come back to it. But okay, so I think I think it makes them feel more special when somebody they don't know reaches out to them. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah, and and I I got to tell you this because this is something that I'm I'm running more and more into, and I think it's obviously a sign of where we are as a culture. But you know, it's funny. It's like when I. Anytime I approach somebody that that I don't know, there's there's two reactions, right? From men, it's fuck yeah, I'm in. Like, let's do it. There's just like there's no follow up questions. There's nothing. They're just kind of like you're stroking my ego. I'm here for it. And then when I ask a woman that I don't know, it's always like, well, let me look into it. Send me the details here. There's never just like a. There might be like a. Oh, that sounds interesting. But it's it's there's there's I we've been vetted by previous guest then we've just been completely outright ignored by potential guests you know after they wanted to do their vetting process um not the case with with the men uh, i just that's another inside thing it's kind of like yeah uh you know screaming into the void a little bit more so so we'll see what happens uh with with some of those potential guests in the future but uh, also i think i do want to say you know we've had more and more people approaching us about being on the show. And here's, here's my advice to you. If you want to be on this show, just be like, Hey, I want to be on, I want to be on the good bottle podcast. And I want to talk about this. Don't do like a roundabout thing about how like, Oh, if you need like a fill in, or I don't know if I'm worthy. First of all, you're absolutely worthy if you know us. So like you're, you're more than welcome to join us whenever you want. And it's like, like, don't like try to create like a, like, it's like, Oh, I'll do you a favor or something like that. It's like, no, if you want to come on, just come on. This is a fun time. We have a good time with it. So, um, and also we don't necessarily have to hang on back up. People are offering us favors to be on here and you're saying no, 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 no. They're like, like as if they're doing us a favor, it's like, Oh, Oh. you get get stuck in a jam and I can do it. It's like, I will, you know, that's not a favor. And I don't, and I know that I was hoping people were trying to bribe us. And we're not I mean, there I'm, no, because you know I'm down for bribes. I'm that'd very ridiculous. Bribable. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous for me mm-hmm. not to be mm-hmm. completely invested in that. So, um, so yeah, we want to have you on. It's basically what I'm trying to say to all of our industry friends: is if you're if you're pod curious, come be pod curious oh, with us. Curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get into these questions because we're already ten minutes in. And I think this is going to be ridiculous. So uh, you wrote down or you you looked up a bunch of questions. So I want you to kick it off. Okay. What's your favorite color? Uh, dark green. Wow. Nailed it. That wasn't actually one of my questions. I just figured I'd go with it. I mean, I guess if I'm getting more specific. It'd be forest green. But, you know, dark green, forest green. I feel like those are pretty similar. Right? I think it depends on uh, the the material that it's printed on. You know, like if you're looking at a car, dark green and forest green are two very different things. But if you're looking at like a cotton T-shirt, maybe not. Maybe a little yeah. bit. Maybe a light refractory plays into it. You see how big of nerds we are and how willing we're willing to just talk about anything. Yeah. I feel like this is a good uh, a good sign of exactly what this is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's come out the gate swinging. What is your favorite destination for bars and restaurants? Oh, my gosh. That's really tough because I feel like I, I mean, I've done a decent amount of, of traveling, but when I, when I travel, I definitely will pick out like one or two bars that I absolutely have to go to. 
but I'm really there for the food. Um, I just, that's, that's what I care more about than anything else. Even in my day-to-day job, it's like a lot of the accounts I work with is because I love their food and that's where I want to hang out. Um, so with that said, it's either Portland. I think Portland has a really good mix of food and innovative bar programs. Is that, your, just, is that your way of saying strip clubs? I you, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. They have really they have really good strip clubs too. Um, and I they just they they have everything that you want as a cocktail drinker. You know they have Holly Pele, which is an amazing cocktail, uh, amazing tiki bar. All you know to all your craft bars. You know the whiskey library, just everything. They're, They've it's, got it's Jeffrey all, Morgenthaler. Yeah, Jeff Morgenthaler's new spot, which we haven't been to yet, but maybe we need to go there. Um, so that would probably be my American destination, American destination. Um, and then probably Morelia in Michoacan. I think it's just a big city. There's, there's some cool bars there. There's not a ton, but the food, the food in Michoacan is unreal. It is just absolutely unreal. I think if you like more bar, you probably want to go to Oaxaca City or Mexico City. Actually, no. Oh, seeing how I'm all over the place. Scratch it. Scratch it out. I'm going with Guadalajara. Guadalajara is fun. Hands it's, down. That's it. It's that's the one. It's easier to navigate, especially if you don't speak Spanish. There is a there's a great combination of amazing food and amazing bars. Like they really nail both, and there's lots of options for for either or so um so yeah i'd say i'd say guadalajara like you and you could also like get out of guadalajara a little bit and hit like little distilleries and things and tequila distilleries so you're not necessarily like locked into that place um but yeah okay guadalajara is my answer good question good question okay so for for you you just you just opened your restaurant bodega okay it's been open for three weeks now Fuck yeah, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Um, what do you? What's the most frustrating thing about running a restaurant that you wish more of your customers were aware of? That we put signs in places for you to read. <laughs> Sign, signs exist based on a social contract that we all have and existing in a similar space with each other. Uh, and they're not just not only for my personal edification. Some of them are there for my personal edification, but definitely if a sign exists, you should make uh, an attempt to read it. I know I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. There's been multiple situations like, Oh, there it is right in front of me. Just telling me the reality of the scenario. Yeah, we, I think uh, because we are we are a new restaurant and we are a um, bar service, bar focused, bar centric restaurant. We don't have servers. Uh, we only have bartenders, which means you order at the bar. And we have not kidding with within two steps of you entering into Bodega at least five signs that you can read that say order at bar. I legit had a woman walk in last week and tell me, Oh, 
I don't read signs. And I just put my hands up. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do for you. That's amazing. The entitlement is incredible. It's pretty great. It's pretty. I mean, mean, honestly, I respect it. Like, if you just know this is what I'm doing, like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm entering into a place and you tell me. I'm like, okay. Uh, Is it, did that person stay and end up ordering food? They did. And they enjoyed it. Hey, W. Yeah. Right there. But read the signs. (laughs) Okay. Good. Good. Good answer. Um, what was the first time you recall feeling jaded in our industry? Oh my gosh. Okay. So there are so many reasons to feel jaded in this industry. Um, And the, re- and the reason being is because if you look at it, like what we do as a profession is often what people do in their time, in their off time, right? So this is, it's, it's hard for me to ever really try to relax in a alcohol-based scenario, right? It's just kind of, a, it's just kind of always on. Um, I think the first time I realized that and how jaded I'd become towards the industry was, uh, this was probably six or seven years ago. I was up at, I was up in Truckee with my then girlfriend, now wife at her parents' cabin for Thanksgiving. And they were like, Hey, you know, or her sister-in-law at the time was like, like, let's go downtown. Let's do this. Nobody, nobody wanted to do it. Right. So I'm not, I'm not the only one that didn't want to go, but she was like, let's go downtown. Let's go do this. This this." And it's because she was a bad drunk and I didn't want to be around it. But, um, but I was just like, I just was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Also, I don't, I don't want to go to which she was like, it's like, it's like, Drew, why don't you ever want to go to the bars and do this stuff like that? And I just, you know, word vomit was like, because it's work. Like when I go into a bar, it's work. It's extremely hard to turn it off. It is freaking work for me. And I just was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my time away from bars in bars trying to have fun because this is what I do all week. So, um, so I think that like that moment when I was like, Oh, okay. I'm probably a little bit jaded now. Like I can't I go. Think, to a- I think every, every bar and restaurant professional can empathize with that sentiment. Right. Because like the second you work in, in, in our industry, people ask you all sorts of inane questions, like regardless of being at a bar or at home, like your family is like, Oh, you, you work with booze, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me which cream liqueur is best. And you're like, fuck why? (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that, I mean, there's also like the extension of it. Like I always get annoyed or when someone brings up the fact that like, Oh yeah, like my buddy's a whiskey, whiskey expert in our group. It's like, he has like eight whiskeys. And I'm like, okay, I have over 300 and I pay my bills with this. We are not the same. We're not both experts. You know what I mean? And um, and I think sometimes it can be fun. Like I remember being in Hawaii once and my dad was having a real hoot with it where he was just like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? Like pointing at different things in the bars. Like, you know, and I think at the same time, there's also a deep appreciation that I have from when I'm really not working and I can sit at a bar and I can really watch the rhythm and the ballet that takes place in a, in a well-ran bar, right? Like when you're just watching people cook, you know, 
And, and I think there's, there's a, a deep appreciation that I also have in that scenario as well, when I am kind of, or trying to be off the clock and I'm just kind of like, like, man, these people are just killing it right now. And it almost looks like synchronized, right? When you watch a bar, like a bar staff really cooking and really just moving in the, you know, in more than likely a very intimate space, you know, and when they're able to move around each other and not have, uh, you know, not run into each other and still put out drinks at a pretty high click, it's, yeah, that, that as well. So yeah, it's not always terrible, but I will say that was kind of like the first time I remember just kind of getting fired up about the fact that it was like, cause again, I wasn't the only one that didn't want to go. I just was the one that got singled out because I was the booze guy. Like the booze guy is supposed to want to go out to the bars, I guess. Right. But don't so. you think, don't you think the, the, the two are like, they go hand in hand, like having a higher appreciation and enjoyment also makes your annoyance for certain things even more elevated. Of course it does. I mean, that's why, I mean, I know that you've been accused of this and I get accused of this all the time. And anybody who's in our industry, like at a certain point, if you work in this industry, you have been called a snob about something, you know? Oh yeah. I get called a snob all the time. I've just, I own it. Yeah. And so do I. And and I've gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, why would I want to spend money on something that sucks? I'm sorry. I don't understand what we're doing here. You know, it's just, when when you know how good something can be and it doesn't and that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be expensive it's actually quite the opposite right like you can find a lot of really great values across the board it's just you know people get so hung up and oh it's got to be it's got to be this it's got to be that it's like no like there's there's a lots of different options out there and i think that the more that you get into it and the, especially the level that we're at where we are just truly freaking obsessed with it um you know, you just know you're kind of like, no, I'm, I'm just not going to drink this wine. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not mad at the place for serving me a bad wine. Like I just, I'm like, all right, I took a flyer. It didn't work out. I'm not going to sit here and choke it down. <laughs> I took a flyer. You know? Well, that, I mean, sometimes you have to, sometimes yeah. you have to, I mean, in, in this, when you go to a restaurant, you don't always know shit, man. I go to quote unquote wine places that have horrible wine lists. And you're just kind of like, how are there people here right now? And it's because most people don't know better. And that's okay because it's like, as long as they're out having a good time, then fine. That That's it. But because I do know better, when I order something and it's not good, or like there was one time where I ordered a Beaujolais and the Beaujolais was completely flat. Now, a Beaujolais is a carbonated wine, essentially. Like there should be some bubbles to it, but it's a red wine. So there should be some bubbles. There should be some life in it. And this one was opened. It was probably open for too long. And I drank it and I just like, oh, it just doesn't, it's not, it wasn't the profile that I was looking for, right? It was the second one I ordered that night. So I was like, that's okay. I don't need to drink the rest of this. Of course, everybody else at my table was like, well, why aren't you drinking it? Why aren't you? I was like, oh, it's supposed to be this. It's not. So I'm just not going to drink it. I'm not going to just drink something just because it's there. And of course, like, you know, my wife tries like, oh, it tastes fine. I'm like, it's sure it tastes fine, but it's not what it's supposed to taste like. And that's what I was looking for was this certain profile. And when it's not there, I'm just not going to force myself to drink something. So, uh, yeah, yes, I am a snob and I'm okay with it. All right. Whose turn is it? Mine? Yours. Okay. Um, what is your hangover remedy? I don't really get hangovers anymore. Um, oh my God. What an asshole. Really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, what's your hangover prevention then? Water. 
lots and lots of water. I just consume copious amounts of water all the time. Is it like drink water, drink water, or is it just, no, water, just water, water? I just, I always have water around. I mean, I pee nonstop, but I, I always have water. I love water. I drink water all the time. Uh, I have a giant bottle of water right next to me right now. Uh, I never go anywhere without water. I have water in the car. I have water at all my places of work. Um, I consume it all the time, which tells you probably just how much booze I also consume (laughs) (laughs) because I'm still dehydrated and I still need to drink even more water. Um, But I, yeah, I, um, let's see in the mornings though. Like if I am feeling a little like if I get a, the worst I get is like a case of the dumbs, you know, where my brain just isn't firing correctly. Right. You're just a little off. I'm not just a little, just like very off. I can't think straight. I'm just, you know, it's my, like cold, cold medicine off. Yeah. Cold medicine off. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yep. Just <laughs> strong, strong case of the dumbs. Um, you know, Advil, uh, Advil. Uh, if, if it's really bad, I take a shot of bitters, uh, get my, get my, you know, body to calm down. Definitely drink coffee in the morning. Uh, maybe a banana. Um, yeah. And eggs. Love eggs. Banana, eggs. If I can get bacon, bacon kind of works. Doesn't work. Bacon's always good just for like, it's good for the soul. It makes me feel good. You <laughs> I know? think it's good. I think it's actually quite the opposite. It is not good for your soul. <laughs> if we're talking about your heart in this situation. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I don't think that's it. Okay, so the trick is water. Yeah, a, a, a shit ton of water. Uh, you know, I I did have this uh, years and years ago. I was playing with this um, this uh, uh, hangover prevention uh, pill that I took called Party Night. Mm-hmm. Swear by it. Absolutely swear by it. That shit is incredible. Get it. Take it. If you're going out on the town, if you're if you're one of those people that's like, hey, I'm just going out for one drink and then you like stumble home at night, like take this, get this in your body. It is fantastic. Party uh, night. It, it's called party night. It's a terrible name. It's even worse packaging, but it fucking works. Uh, I had a, a, a doctor friend of mine who uh, was a heavy drinker before she had kids um, go through a lot of searching and looking like looking at ingredients of these hangover cure stuff. She found one that was like everything that you really need. Uh, she's like, it's like an IV bag in a bot in a, in a pill. I was like, Ooh, hmm. dope. Let's go. <laughs> Ingestion versus injection, baby. I'm in for it. <laughs> yeah. Pharmaceuticals. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It works. Uh, I went through. Uh, I went through two entire tales of the cocktails without getting hungover once. So if that, uh, which is the biggest industry party ever in New Orleans every year. Yeah. Just again, don't get too insider baseball on us. Sorry. Apologize. Yes. yes. Tales of the cocktail in New Orleans every summer. Well, almost every summer. Now it's starting back up again. Yeah. After global pandemic. Um, and yeah, lots and lots of, lots and lots of industry parties, lots and lots of industry people, lots of catching up, lots of grabbing drinks with each other, lots of staying out until sun comes up at five in the morning. Uh, cause the, you know, city doesn't, none of the bars shut down until like 4am. So you can just stay out and keep going. Insane. Yeah. Uh, do you have a drinking playlist, Drew? 
Oh, man. Not... Not really. Um, there are some things... It, it's it's like one of those ones, like, you kind of have to get me going on something, and then I can find... Then I'll just go down the rabbit hole. Um, there is a... A... Uh, playlist on Spotify that Highland Park did years ago that I know we've talked yeah. about on the podcast a yep. couple times, and... I remember thinking it was ridiculous and then eventually being like, nope, nope, this is great. You know, I have been drinking a lot of uh, wine lately and in particular, a lot of French wine through, you know, Kelly's book and then also just expanding into a lot of like Italian stuff and whatnot. And I'm finding that I do really enjoy like a lot of like cafe music in that scenario so describe cafe music for me well it's gonna be probably pretty soft-spoken lyrics right um mostly instrumental because i really don't enjoy like if i go to a bar and like they have like live music i'm like fuck like this is the worst for me um i don't usually like to pair drinking with music um but i find yeah i just it's not for me um but i do but i do find myself and certain things, it, it usually depends on like what I'm drinking. So like you, you know, and of course Spotify has everything right. So if I'm going to be popping up with a bunch of wine, I'll be like, Oh, let's look up like French cafe music. And it's just a bunch of like soft instrumental music that when there are lyrics, I typically don't understand them because it's in fucking French. <laughs> and I'm like, the mood is set. Um, if I'm, Let's say if I'm drinking rum and maybe smoking cigars, I will put on like some was uh, Tito Pepe, yeah, and I'll I'll do that. Um, the other one that I really like, and I know we've talked about it on this podcast before too, is I do enjoy the Esotico playlist. I the love all, Tiki, all of their playlists. Yeah, the Tiki Bar in in Miami, and actually, we have a guest coming on in a couple of weeks. Who one of the things that he does is curate music for different restaurants all over the United States. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to him about that because obviously there's a pairing that happens there. So maybe he'll be like the one that's like, no, you have to do this every single time. So that, that could be it. That could I love be- that. I love that. Yeah. So we're looking, that'll, that'll be a good episode. That's going to be in October. Got a pretty good list going out to send it to you. Um, okay. Uh, so the next question, what, cocktail changed your life oh the martini and why i was sitting at a bar in the mission and i was on a date and uh in san francisco in san francisco the mission in san francisco um and uh i was attempting to look cool by ordering a martini, uh, I asked for a Hendrix Dirty Martini uh, because that makes sense. It was a brand that I knew uh, it was stiff, and I knew that I liked it dirty because salty, good, cool, whatever. Um, and the bartender looked at me, clearly read the room entirely correctly, and I was like, here's the deal. I'm not going to make that for you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make you a martini my way and if you don't like it i'll drink it and i'll make you your martini uh and 
I liked the balls uh, required to to say something like that to to a, a customer, and I was like, "Yep, down one hundred percent. Let's go." At this point in time, I was a I was a um, you know a, a nightclub bartender, and uh, and the drink was she stirred stirred the martini, made it with not Hendrix, made it with uh, a London Dry, put vermouth in it, a healthy amount of vermouth in it. Gave me blue cheese olives on the side, but still put a twist in it. It was delicious. And it like not only defined how I look at customer service and, and guest interactions, but also uh, what a well-made drink is supposed to be and how how it um, how the guest reacts and, and how they how they leave happier when it's when it's done correctly. So do you feel like in terms of like the guest interaction, they just knew that you didn't know what you were talking about? Yes. Be- and is it is it because like the combination of Hendrix and making it dirty is so egregious or it just like they just saw it on your face? I think it was, it was just sort of everything. You know, it was I, you know, I was in my mid to late 20s. I was, you know, on a on a on a daytime date. I, um, yeah, the Hendrix and the dirty, um, I think at this point in time too, you know, uh, cocktail Renaissance was really just sort of beginning. So bartenders, um, all around San Francisco were really getting into or reviving how to properly make things and why that was important. Um, and so, and she gave me the option. She gave me the ability to opt out too. Like if I didn't like it, Fuck it, you know, but it was, but she added that she was going to drink it regardless of what I thought of it, right? Like, like if I didn't like it, she was going to down it because she liked it. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'm down fucking, you know, this has got to be good if you're going to drink it. I dig it. I like it. Good story. Um, If you could share a drink with one fictional character, who would it be and why? And what would you be drinking? With a plus on there, aware, aware, aware. Would you be drinking? And we're doing we're doing fictional, fictional. Man, I think this is just this is too good of an opportunity not not to sit down with Bruce Wayne. And I knew I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is that, you know, it's it's going to for him, it's probably going to be non-alcoholic drink um, or maybe maybe a low ABV cocktail. Um, so I'm trying to think of what would what would we be drinking? I mean, it, it, we would definitely be drinking in Gotham City at some sort of public event that was definitely about to get raided by like the Joker or something, right? Because there needs to be obviously a, a moment where Bruce has to make the change. Um, you know, I'm gonna go because he's because he's definitely you know try. It's like the persona of Bruce Wayne is to be rich and to be fancy. So we're probably drinking some bubbles. I'm going to say we're drinking bubbles together at a charity event in Gotham city moments away from the Joker busting in. That's my, 
I love it. Fictional drinking scenario. Are you wearing a tuxedo? 100%. Definitely. It's like there are ball gowns and tuxedos everywhere. Yeah. And a, and and it, a crystal chandelier and a crystal chandelier. And it's like it's like, <laughs> Drew, you're going to get to meet, you know, billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne tonight. And I'm like, what? Let's do it. As soon as possible. So, yeah, that's. um, That's 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 mine. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Okay, so for your question. You are. Asked to curate. A. Spirits collection for the Smithsonian. What four bottles are going in? Wait, I, I'm sorry. Uh, repeat that again. You said curate, so, curate a spirits collection. What of a spirits collection of four bottles that go into the Smithsonian? What bottles are going in? Currently in production, or sure, let's go current. We'll go current. What's it like? Something that people can go out and buy right now. Spirit. Spirits. If it's easier to do just alcohol in general, mm. I can we can adapt it to that. If you want to do, if because if you're thinking if you have like wine that immediately popped into your head, no, I think do- I think spirits is, is the way to go with this. Uh, well, it's it's out of production, but I would have said the the Appleton Joy should should have been one. Okay. Um. Hmm. You have the Jamaican rum for our listeners at home. Uh, special vatting that Joy Spence did for her 20th anniversary at Appleton. Joy Spence being the master distiller of Appleton rum. Shit. should see just the look on his face there's so many different things that are going across it's like that moment in the hangover when alan's doing all the equations <laughs> while they're at the poker table <laughs> that's what it looks like there's just too many options i mean just it hit it like this what's immediately coming to mind because i know there's there's stuff that's popping up and then you're arguing against it in your head yeah you know i was thinking like uh mccallan 15 um The uh, first edition, McCallum 15, those released very special sherry casks. Um, just outrageously delicious. The sherry the sherry casks are no longer used on that. Um, that, that specific sherry cask is no longer used on it. Um, so it just tastes a, tastes a little bit different. Um, but for me, scotch... Scotch is most delightful between... Uh, 14 and 18, 18 years of age. Um, I'm, I'm relatively convinced that there's a, a parabola of quality that, that occurs with aging, but I'm not uh, stupid wealthy enough to figure that out. Um, <laughs> so, so I think, I think I, it's an educated guess, but I uh, typically, you know, I've, I've had some that are 21, 25 that I, I really do like, but they're, 
I don't know. They never really quite, I don't know. They never really quite grab me the same way as like 16 and 15 year olds do. I think the, well, first of all, boy, that is a loaded, that is a loaded statement. statement. If, if someone was able to lift, if someone was able to lift that from here, <laughs> my God, Justin's definitely texting you about that line. Um, yeah, I think the, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's there's, there's, I think the, the thing that plays a factor there though, is obviously the older that the whiskey gets, the more expensive it gets and you can't keep that out of your head. Right. So you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm paying exponentially more for three years, five years, six years. And sometimes I think that's hard to kick when you're kind of like, well, you know, if I just paid this for the 15, I would have this really great experience and not be out an additional thousand dollars or whatever. I don't, I'm maybe, uh, but you know, you and I live in a a very special bubble where we get to consume things, uh, sans cost all the fucking time. Um, uh, and even with that, that still tends to be my, uh, my preference. Um, and then so I would more. need two more, two more. Okay. Um, I'm going to add the, um, Siembra Vias, uh, ancestral, uh, hands down. One of my all time favorite, uh, tequilas, just fucking mind blowing, just outrageously good juice when, when it does come out and you can get it. It's just, it's just stupid. Um, fuck man. That's one. Um, the um, it it also doesn't exist, so I'm breaking my own rules here. But uh, uh, it existed shit maybe eight years ago. Um, Burroughs Reserve Gin from Beefeater was was an aged gin, first gin I ever had in my life, where you could just put it in a glass and just drink it. By itself, just stupid, delicious, just outrageously good. Um, it was a, a really a, a short run. I man, I, looking back on it, I I think at the time I thought it would always always exist, and so I just never like held back on any of it, and I just I poured a shitload of it to to guess and gave samples of it and drank it myself and uh you know made cocktails like crazy with it and i really really wish i had held on to a bottle or two um yeah that was a fucking amazing 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 gin the burrows reserve burrows reserve Beefeater. yeah all right listeners you're on it go find it dude if you so, can find it yeah please apples enjoy McAllen 15, the Sambray Ancestral, and the Burroughs Reserve Gin. Yeah. I'd like the records to show. No vodka mentioned. <laughs> I considered it. <laughs> just to know, just, but just to get those, it. just to get those uh get those reactions, man. That yeah. Clickbait. Clickbait. Let's go. Uh what is the single favorite glass of booze you've ever had. Single favorite. So it's like, like just like the, the pour 
was is that what we're saying here the poor the experience the the brand what paint a picture for me what the the single best glass or vessel of booze you've ever had i mean i think it always it always comes down to you know like your experiences and stuff at least it does for me so uh you know it's funny that we just i just asked you the question about what goes on to your mount rushmore well my drinking experience with my buddies drinking the appleton joy is like one of my all-time favorite drinking experiences um and I always think about I always think about that one when I'm when I am you know trying different stuff but I think there's also a moment where I was down in Oaxaca and we went up to the fields for Ray Comparo and the funny thing about that is that you you know when you're when you're drinking with those guys you're usually drinking a lot of La Victorias you know which is a very, very affordable Mexican beer. And I think being up in the Sierra Nortes and looking out over an agave field while drinking a little copita of mezcal and 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 drinking a La Victoria, which is not necessarily the best beer in the world, but it felt like the best beer at the time, you know. Um that's probably that's those are the those are the two things that I think of the most when people think about like, you know, the best thing ever. I mean I've drank a lot of good stuff, but I mean even just this past weekend I was you know, I had like a 24 year old Lefroig on top of a, you know, on like a penthouse of Sacramento this past weekend. It was insane, right? It was great, but it was like kind of work too. So it wasn't necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say either, either the Appleton Joy just in my backyard with my buddies or the, you know, Sierra Norte's drinking La Victoria. The you know, I I think that that's so key, right? Because uh, I I always say it's it you know the emotional experience of consuming booze is is really what's important, and I think a lot of people in our industry oftentimes forget that 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 eating and drinking is entirely an emotional experience, um, and that if you can tap into that as um, as an entrepreneur, it'll make you a million times more successful than anything else. Right? Like if you can, if you, you can create that, I, I'm going to follow up with my own only to only to uh, <laughs> uh, go on top of yours. My, my hands down favorite experience, favorite glass, favorite, whatever, sip of booze that I've ever had was uh, sitting on top of uh, Machu Picchu watching the sunrise with my brother while drinking um, Pisco out of a out of a canteen. I mean, yeah, and I mean, Pisco is not necessarily an easy thing to drink on its own. You know, it's, you know, <laughs> watching the sunrise first thing in the fucking morning, you know, I mean, it's just an experience so beautiful and so breathtaking, like literally bringing tears to my eyes. It was just incredible. And, and I I'll never ever forget that experience, nor ever ever forget, you know, the the taste in my mouth of of that pisco. And I'm never ever gonna stop drinking pisco because of it, because it's just that brings moment, you back. That moment is so evocative, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So 
moral of the story is just drinking cold places with your friends and family. Yeah. Create the experiences best. while drinking. Don't just drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we'll do one more question each and then we'll do our dope follows and we'll get everybody out of here. Um, so my last question for you is who is your pie in the sky guest for the good bottle podcast? I mean, anybody. Oh man. Who would you want to talk to? Let's keep them in the booze industry. Well, yeah, it's our podcast. So I mean, that holds up. <laughs> anybody, anybody, anybody. Fuck man. Uh, You know what's so dope about this podcast is we've actually talked to a ton of people who I really respect and and, and have always wanted to talk to and just have like dope conversations with. Um, and that's yeah, I mean, what drunk we, Drew what the Booker I love is about this. Um, <laughs> shit, it, it is very self-serving. I will say that it's just kind of like giving us an excuse to talk to people who we think are awesome is is pretty great. Again, more contemplation. You, you fucking got me with this one, man. I don't. Wow. Come on. I'm going to give you mine while you think something about yours. Okay, I would I would love to have Alexander Gabriel on from um, from Mason Ferrand. Yeah, and you've been you've been plugging away at that and trying to make that a thing. I mean, there was one. Yeah, there was one point where it like did kind of go up the flagpole a little bit to him, and it you know obviously it didn't happen. Um, uh, But I did I did get to meet him, you know, for the first time this year, and it was. I mean, awesome guy was just amazing. So I would like to have like a longer focused conversation with him where, you know, there's not just a bunch of fangirls like myself all around him. Um, I think that would be really cool. Or the rock. <laughs> God damn it. Future president like, of the United States. Just to be like, what the, the fuck, dude? Why? How, or just to be like, how'd you get the gluten out? Just tell me, please. <laughs> Uh, all right, I I got two. Um, I'm gonna go with either Al Young, uh, Four Roses, uh, or formerly of Four Roses, or John Glazier of Compass Box. Wow, those are fucking awesome. All right, I'm going to start drinking and send out those invites. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll end on a fun one. Uh, do you do you have something planned for Hensley's first sip of alcohol? Well, H- Hensley is Drew's daughter for everyone. Yeah, so my, she, is, my she is currently four. She is currently four, and she's definitely had alcohol before. So, 
Um, Great. Maybe, maybe I mean like not first sip, but like first, first drink. How about we say, can we say first legal drink? Sure. Or I mean, I mean, it's legal because you're her parent, so it's not illegal, but. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, cause I remember, I remember my dad buying a beer for me the first time. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was just, that was just a cool experience. How old were you? Um, well, it was in, this was in a public place. So I, I was 21 at the time. Okay. Um, uh, you know, and growing up, I, I didn't start drinking until I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I mean, uh, apart from what my, like I wasn't into booze until, until I was like a senior in high school, freshman in college. Like, right. Uh, right. I was, I, I was forced to drink wine when I was young. My grandfather always gave me like a Dixie cup of wine with dinner, but. That's funny. Which is different. I mean, it's entirely different. Yeah. Scenario. Um, my, you know, my, my hope for my hope for my daughter is that she'll go to like her first high school party and be like, you guys drink trash. You know, <laughs> that's what, that's what I want to occur is for her just to bury the spirits list that her friends are serving. Um, but, uh, you know, I, my assumption is is that I'm going to be in this industry for the rest of my life, right? And I don't know if it's going to mean a whole lot to me by the time she has like the first legal drink or something like that because, you know, again, because this is such a part of my everyday life. I mean, it it's just not a big deal. You know what I mean? Um, I'm I'm more so am excited to to take her to a place like. Oaxaca and be in an agave field and maybe try something out there when she's like 14, 15, you know, something like that where she can appreciate it. Right. Or, you know, going, going to somewhere in Europe and visiting vineyards in France or something like that. I look more forward to something like that. So I don't know what the perfect scenario would be in that situation. I, you know, I think that's amazing. This, this question was inspired because uh, one of my old coworkers and his, his wife and their kids are in Brussels and, uh, the, the kids I believe are tweens and teens. I think they're like 12 and 15. I believe I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but they bought them, you know, a beer there, you know, and that was like their first beer that they'd had. And I was like, that's, you know, what a cool experience that is to like be abroad, be with the family, get to be a part of the social milieu in a way you hadn't, previously encountered so i i think definitely going to oaxaca having a little bit of mezcal while you're in the field and like being able to experience it that is so much cooler than like going to a house party and getting faded on fucking jungle juice well yeah i mean and again like you know my my the beer that my dad bought for me was at a buddy of mine's like bachelor party golf tournament thing right and it was ridiculous. Like I had a great time that day, right? I got super drunk. Uh, so I do remember it. And, you know, even if it was like that. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to – I think I'm going to go for that. Uh, I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, now I think it's time for our – my favorite section. You know who's dope? Them over there. You know, hopefully people didn't hate that and they're still listening, you know, 55 minutes in to us just talking about ourselves. Um 
but uh, I enjoyed it. Got to got to learn some new things and send us send us your answers to those questions that we just did. I don't remember any of them, but you know, go ahead and send us send us. You know, you know what we're gonna do also is I'm I'm gonna uh, get the the transcript from this episode and we'll put that out there as well, so way people can get a hold of it and if they want to look at the questions, they can go through the transcript and find their own questions. I I, I also would like to hear the answer to people because those are some fun questions, both uh, both insightful and fun and funny. Yeah, and I, I think we get some that we know some of our listeners and I think they're going to get some good answers out of those. I think so, too. Um, all right. So don't follows is we're going to tell you who you should be checking out. Could be another podcast. Maybe that doesn't just talk about themselves. Books, TV shows, movies, whatever the case would be. Just something that's dope that we think that you need to put into your life. So, Chris, who's your dope follow this week? Uh, I was on a podcast last week when we didn't do ours. Uh, as a, a homie of mine, of ours, uh, Neil Little. Uh, he was on a, uh, a flag football team with both of us. Um, he has He and a friend have started a a podcast of their own very much a lot more niche than ours surprisingly uh and it's all based around uh the sacramento food and booze scene and it's called dine one six so if you're in sacramento or you're interested in the sacramento booze scene if you're thinking about moving to sacramento and you want to get the inside scoop from local chefs and uh so so on and so forth uh check out dine one six i nine one six being uh the area code here in sacramento greater sacramento area so 916, it's clever, Dine 16. I'm a big fan of the name. Yeah, agreed. That's great. Neil's awesome. I need to I need to listen to that. For sure. Um, okay, so my don't follow this week is actually a Netflix show. Um, it's called Mo. And it stars uh, I, was, comedian. I, I, I was looking at it, but I hadn't I hadn't clicked play on it yet. So so hit play. Uh, it's, it's Mo Amur. He is a Palestinian stand-up comedian, um, who I admittedly didn't really know anything about, but now he's got this show on Netflix. He's going to be in the new rock movie, uh, Black Adam. And then his stand-up special actually just got released on, um, on, uh, Netflix as well. And it's basically, so the, the Netflix show is a story about him being a Palestinian refugee living in Houston and trying to get his citizenship and everything that he's gone through. I mean, they've been trying to get it for, since he was a child. Right. Um, so it's really good. And I just found myself like wanting more and more and more. And I think it ended up being like eight, eight or 10 episodes. Um, you just get to the end. You're kind of like, Oh my God. And it's, and it's really over the top at times, like just borderline ridiculous, but it's also really funny. And there's a lot of throwaway comments that he makes through it. Um, just so, you know, he really weaves in growing up in Houston, listening to rap music combined with his Palestinian heritage and the fact that he's extremely religious as well. And so like at one point, and this isn't going to spoil anything, but like he goes, into somebody's house, like a white person's house. And they're like, well, you can leave your shoes on if you want to. He goes, he's like, no, I'm good. That's disgusting. And (laughs) it's just, it is so funny. And there's lots of comments like that. And so I just, and now I, before the podcast, I was actually listening to a standup and it was pretty good too. Um, But yeah, so it's called Mo. It's called Mo, the comedian Mo Amar. 
and it's uh it's really really solid it's the episodes are less than 30 minutes so you can kind of really get it done um i really enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to season two because it's just he's really 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 funny did they did they uh do we know when when he got his citizenship just out of curiosity in real life yeah um no i i started watching it over the weekend so mm-hmm. i've only done kind of like the the little deep dive i know i saw a couple things that was you know a little bit of art imitating life mm-hmm. and things that he had to go through um but i i haven't done like the real so so this this show takes place when he's in his 20s 30s approximately uh yeah i mean he plays he plays like a fictional he plays a fictional character himself. yeah no it's not even a version of himself because oh, okay yeah like he is obviously a stand-up comedian and an entertainer like this mm-hmm. guy is just trying to make it just in this world Gotcha. Right? And the difficulties that someone who has, who's trying, who's a refugee and is trying to gain citizenship and how, like, I mean, even just trying to get a job and not having papers and then dealing with the reality of like really what happened to him, you know, with Iraq invading Palestine and stuff like that. Um, and then even there's a point in a courtroom where, you know, they mention Palestine and it's like the, the, can, the prosecutor or whatever, the other lawyers like, it's like, you know, object, like we don't even recognize Palestine as a country. Like it's, there's some heavy elements to it. Um, but it is also, it's just, it's just really good television. Like, it's just kind of like, and, and again, there's some stuff towards the end of the season that you're kind of like, like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> like what's happening right now. So that's cool. I, I'm interested in seeing that. My, you know, whenever I hear stories like that, I always think of my buddy, uh, my old roommate, uh, Peter, who now lives here in Sacramento, um, he is Polish, uh, uh, emigrated to the U.S. when he was seven and didn't get his green card in he, until he was in his, uh, oh, fuck, we were living together. So in his early 30s, late 20s, and only recently in his 40s did he become an American citizen. And yeah. He's been here since he was seven. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it very much so taps into that vein of, you know, just kind of what people are going through and yeah. stuff. And this guy kind of coming to terms with a lot of different things off the course. But you you do laugh a lot. Um, he makes a, there's a lot of really good stuff in it. So, again, yeah, don't don't delay anymore. Just hit play. I will hit play, hit play on that shit. That sounds great. Good Bottle Podcast is uh, produced awkwardly by these two guys. The music for the Good Bottle Podcast is orchestrated by Leon and Chase Moore. They're amazing. Uh, if you want to see Leon Moore, you go visit him here in Sacramento. He is a bartender. Uh, he uh, runs the bar program over at Alora. So if you're uh, feeling like you've got money to burn, uh, it's going to require quite a bit. Uh, but it's worth it. So go check him out. Uh, before we go kill these bottles that we've been drinking, neither of us have been drinking. Uh, I killed my tea. Have you killed your water with uh, Sudafed or whatever Alka-Seltzer in it? Yeah, I'm definitely going to fall asleep like immediately after we get done oh, with good. this. Uh, we ask that if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave us a five star review, and tell your motherfucking friends. Yeah, and and just to to piggyback on the Alora thing, it is 
it is a, a more expensive night, but oh my god, the service is absolutely incredible. You will never be treated better than how you get treated at Alora. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at the Good Bottle Podcast or on our personal accounts. Mine is D Garrison Six. Chris is Chris Sinclair. And if you would like for us to cover a story or if you're working on a brand that would like to be featured or if you want to be featured, email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can also go to thegoodbottleshop.com and order yourself some bottles so you can drink instead of us drinking because we're not drinking right now. But please, we will be soon. Please do that. Yeah, go buy some bottles. Please. Hit us please up. Some bottles. Come be a guest on our show. We're booked out until October. So that's you're gonna have to wait, but you can come. You're more than welcome. Come drink with us when we are drinking, which is not right now. But I'll later. be drinking in October. He's drinking in October. What about September? End of September. When I when we go to Hawaii, I'm drinking. Okay, deal. All right. Uh that's all I got for you. Cheers, you buddy. Too. Cheers, guys. You know who's dope? That was the wrong button. But I like hearing Megan's voice. It's fun. Cheers. Cold medicine is really kicking in. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah.